This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together, and um, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink, what you need to know. We dropped the two. Little words don't count. What you need to know, the Daily Wink, W-Y-N-K. Go to the Daily Wink and get signed up at ProAmericaReport.com. Every morning you'll get an email into your email box, 7, excuse me, 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. What you need to know in there, you'll be links, some of my periscopes, different videos, things that will tell you what's happening, frame things up, and... I will now make a commitment to you. I will more regularly do the segment that some of you have been uh, yearning for and telling me to revisit, and that is what you need to do. What you need to do. We call it the window. What you need to do. And uh, that is important because... Action is needed now. Action is needed. Lots of action. Today's will be about the Peter Navarro reports on election irregularities in 2020. You're going to want to tune in for that. That's later on in the program. All these segments are available over at ProAmericaReport.com. And uh, today's interviews, Tammy Nichols, the great state uh, representative in Idaho's state legislature, she'll be on. She took a survey. She sent a survey to people on her email list, mostly her constituents, I imagine, asking about their priorities for the legislative session. Legislative session. I saw that. She's great. She'll be on with us talking about almost every legislature is opening up in this month or later this month certainly in the first couple months of the year they're all in session uh, and there'll be lots happening and uh, things you're going to want to track and we also will spend a few moments and we will talk with uh, our old friend Alex Newman Alex Newman of course is a great writer and I'm looking right now where is his book I have his book on my bookshelf usually within reach I'm I'm uh, looking at one is called another book that he didn't write is called when why Johnny can't read which inspired him and his um, co-author uh, uh, Blumenfeld fell to write the book uh, that they did, and it's extraordinary. Oh, I wish I could find it. I, I like finding books for my authors. You know, people that write a book, um, they they spend so much time uh, writing the book. It's extraordinarily meaningful to them, and um, and so I, there there it is. There it is. Yep. Crimes of the Educators. Crimes of the Educators. We'll talk with him in a moment about his uh, about what's going on, especially when it comes to education. But he's good on all sorts of stuff. So but today's wink, what you need to know, what you need to know. Today's wink is impeachment theater and nobody cares. Well, that's not fair. So the the the, uh, the House of Representatives, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the country is watching. We've got problems with the pandemic. We're told we got problems with our elections. We're told we've got problems with the economy. We're told we got problems with this, that, the other thing. Lots of problems. And Nancy Pelosi and the far left wing of her party. Well, I, I double speak. The whole party is now the far left wing of the party. It used to be there was moderates. There were moderates in the Democrat Party. They're not anymore. And they've decided that the first act of the new year will be to impeach the president for uh, uh, no crime, or no, high, no high crime, no misdemeanor. They'll just impeach him. Now, I want to make a point to you. What you need to know is this president has been the greatest protector of the U.S. Constitution we've ever had. Think about how much we know about the Constitution and how many times times we've seen the constitution not not break but bend electoral college protects us 
I mean, we can complain about some of the <laughs> election irregularities, but uh, the emoluments cause, the pardon power, the uh, the separation of powers, the role of the judiciary, all these kinds of things, all done, and even impeachment. And impeachment was done. It was a dumb impeachment. It was a fake impeachment. It was meant to just be nasty, and he, they failed. This is a year ago, only a year ago, less than a year ago. Now they're going to impeach him again with literally a week left, and already they've been told by the senators, including Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, we're not going to take this up. We're not doing this. And they're still doing it. Why? Because the Democrats, all they care about is, is placating the far left of the party. They will attack the American people. Joe Biden gave a speech a day or two ago where he said that all of the aid for the upcoming uh, coronavirus relief will be targeted to African-American businesses and small uh, minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses and Hispanic-Americans. And 45% of the country that are not in those groups looked up and said, huh? You sound like a racist. So that's what we're getting. We're getting division and we're getting the, di- the, the uh, I tried to say this earlier, the diminishing of the Constitution by Nancy Pelosi doing things like this. She's going to impeach over the president giving a speech and then hours later, some bad guys acting bad. Bad guys and gals acting badly. Don't get me wrong. Totally bad. Totally out of hand. It needs to. But and and I think the president has said, you know, when he gave his speech, he, you know, there were a lot of people and they were fired up. And so it's not like he's not uh, saying this is unfortunate. He's condemned it. He's said it over and over again. It's terrible. But they're going to impeach him over it. And here's the thing. At this point in this country. Other than the far left of the country or the 30% of the country that just want to over and over hear CNN say Trump bad, most of the country's like, what are you doing? That's your priority? I can tell you Trump voters don't care. President Trump is probably right that the impeachment effort now is is not only a witch hunt, but it's more likely just to anger Trump supporters. It's It's meant to make rub. It's like being a poor winner. You know, you're being a poor winner. It's one thing to be a poor loser. It's, it's actually even worse to be a poor winner. And that's what it feels like. But most Trump supporters, they don't care. I don't care. It's so dumb. And the, my only consolation may be that Nancy Pelosi is acting like Nancy Pelosi and like AOC and the squad. And that increases the likelihood that this is the, uh, you know, the, the, that there will only be one uh, two-year period where the House of Representatives is in Democrat hands. It increases the likelihood. Now, <laughs> I happen to think that Pelosi and the gang are going to cheat like they've done in the past on elections, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, but certainly the American people look up and they're like, what? That's what you're doing? What you need to know, if you're listening to this, is the impeachment theater is designed just for CNN viewers, MSNBC viewers. The 30% of America that have to be fed a daily diet of I hate Trump. And I will go back and I'll say it yet again. The power of the big tech and the fake news and their business model that requires agitation, then resolution, agitation, then resolution. And that's not exactly the right word. I should think of a way to say that better. But their business model is agitate and return. Oh, that's it. Agitate and return. Agitate a viewer. There might be an impeachment and they'll return later to see if there was. Agitate a viewer. There might be a security threats on the and they'll return later. Agitate for the return. Agitate for the return. And every time they return, you agitate again. And what you end up with is 30% of the country who is addicted to the CNN, MSNBC fake news, and 30%, I'll tell you truthfully, that are addicted to the Fox News version. 
And the, and the same thing on social media. It's a business model and it's devastatingly bad for the country. Terrible. It couldn't be worse, really. And so that's what you need to know. What you need to know is you're watching the, the death rattle of the America. By the way, Congress is hated by everybody. It's like got like a 5% approval rating. Republicans, too. And this is why. And this is why. But this is the death rattle of the establishment taking up impeachment with a week left. This is like the, they're, they're, they're lurching around. I've been using the phrase death rattle about the globalists because I think the globalists between Brexit and Trump and, uh, and the, uh, the energizing uh, sort of nations first, you know, the put your pro, pro uh, uh, national movement, you know, where the, the um, Japan first, there's a movement in Japan and America first and all that, that that's, that's, that's so solid now. It's so solid that that's not going to change. What is looking like it's changing is when people get in power who are willing to look the other way in terms of China and the China uh, domination, which is what I worry we're coming, coming into. But what you need to know right now is impeachment theater is so dumb. It's so counterproductive. It's so silly. It's actually so arrogant and vain. You can kind of feel it. And yet, agitate and return. The agitate and return system. That's what you have. That's what people expect. That's what they want because they're hooked on it. And so that's the business model. That's what you're going to get. All right. Remember, go to ProAmericaReport.com and get signed up for the Daily Wink. That's what you need to know today. Uh, by the way, at the end of the program, we'll get what you need to do, the window. And I told you, you can track that too. What you need to do tonight. Today's assignment is just read two reports. Actually, just get familiar with them. The Navarro reports. Both uh, the Mar- Navarro report, which has two parts. Two parts of a report. Uh, we'll check that out. All right. Uh, and we'll also talk with Tammy Nichols, state legislator in Idaho, as well as visit with Alex Newman. We'll take a break. And when we come back we'll have a lot more again contact me directly through twitter at eagle ed martin email me ed at edmartinlive.com ed at edmartinlive.com or facebook ed martin live be right back ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I told you we would talk in a few moments uh, to our friend Alex Newman, my friend Alex Newman, uh, of many years now. And I mentioned uh, that his book, Crimes, he's got lots of books, but the book that I can picture Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, and I looking at uh, is Crimes of the Educators, uh, How Utopians Are Using Government Schools to Destroy America's Children. And he is currently, he also writes over, of course, at The New American. People knew that. And uh, he has the Liberty Sentinel, which he started, Liberty Sentinel. Sentinel.org. And even more interesting, these last months, uh, I've seen him more and more in the Epic Times, which uh, the Epic Times, of course, has been emerging as a real great voice. So Alex Newman, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. Well, before thank you, thank you. Uh, Happy New Year! Before we get to some more, to some different things, let me ask you about the Epic Times because you've been a guy who has been writing about the problem of communism and the communist Chinese, and and you've been on this, uh, uh, you know, for a while. The Epic Times, its emergence as a, a resource and as a source uh, for news as well as analysis, it's pretty extraordinary. And and really, of course, they they admit their their biases towards freedom in China, where they feel like the regime is is destroying that freedom but it's amazing to see that uh that um uh entity grow isn't it it's been extraordinary and to me it's been very encouraging because it is a voice of truth as as their motto says they're in favor of truth and tradition and i think every journalist ought to be biased in favor of truth 
And so it's been, in my view, very encouraging to see the emergence of this paper as really one of the dominant papers in the United States. The establishment media, when they do mention them, mention them very derisively. In fact, that you've seen more and more slanders of the Epic Times and the New York Times and NBC, MSNBC, etc. But um, if you look just at the subscription numbers, the Epic Times is today one of the leading newspapers in the country. And I think that has the establishment and the communist Chinese regime very concerned. It, uh, I agree with you on that. It's fascinating to see at the same time that we see the sort of tech giants, uh, cracking down on speech. Um, and, and I think they did actually give the Epic Times a bit of trouble. I forget which one was it Facebook? Somebody maybe knocked the Epic Times a, a month ago, yeah, not, not in this. Yeah, yeah Facebook go ahead. wouldn't allow them to advertise anymore uh, because their ads were perceived as being pro-Trump. And so Facebook banned them from advertising. I suspect in the go. weeks and months ahead, they'll probably run into more trouble with the social media companies because, as we've seen now, you cannot speak truth on these platforms without facing consequences. <sighs> We're talking with Alex Newman, and again, uh, you can find Alex all over the place writing, but uh, LibertySentinel.org is one of uh, his sites. It's got some of, uh, I would say, some of his uh, more personal writings about his own uh, uh, work. Uh, let me t- touch base, though, um, Alex, uh, about teachers' unions, because I'm bouncing around a little bit, but you're an expert on a lot of these things. One of the things of this pandemic, the, the, the problem of the pandemic, and, and, and maybe the, <laughs> the even bigger question, the problem of the many solutions that have been proposed and enacted by the pandemic has been but maybe one benefit has been parents looking at the public schools and saying this isn't good enough uh however the dominance of the teachers union still and now president biden has said his wife dr jill biden is going to be in the oval office advocating for the teachers unions you know i how big a problem are are we in with the teachers unions is there any hope to change the direction what what are your thoughts on this uh, time period Yeah, the NEA is an absolute disaster. It's a disgrace. I've written very extensively on this. In fact, the late Sam Blumenfeld, with whom I wrote uh, The Crimes of the Educators, he wrote a whole book exposing them back in the 1970s called The NEA Trojan Horse in American Education. Uh, It's incredibly dangerous. It's incredibly radical for generations now. They've been promoting socialism, the LGBT agenda. They've been promoting globalism and one world government in those terms. They don't even really shy away from those terms. They've also uh, taken to lobbying for a ban on homeschooling. They want to have a complete and total monopoly on the minds of your children. They are corrupt to the core. And when I say corrupt, I mean it is just shocking. Uh, I've had recent communications with an, it, somebody who has all the information from the inside, and they're going to be releasing that soon. They're going to be very badly exposed if we can find a way to get this information out. But uh, they are incredibly radical. But as you mentioned, Ed, there is a bright side to all of this, and that is we're seeing a massive exodus from the public school system. Uh, some districts have lost 15 20% of their student body already, which is excellent news. The number of homeschooling families doubled in just one year from 2019 to 2020 went from 5% of families to 10% of families and I suspect with the extremism of Biden and Harris and the new Department of Education that exodus is going to turn into an absolute flood and then the war on homeschooling begins so we're heading into some very interesting times.
We're talking with Alex Newman. And again, I encourage you to go to LibertySentinel.org. That's one of his sites where his writing is, but also his perspective on a lot of uh, things. All right. I want to spin back, Alex. I know I'm hopping around, but I, I'm, I'm, my, my ADD is, is dominant today. Um, in the New American, you have a piece from a few days ago, about a week ago, and you're, you're speaking about the infiltration uh, of uh, U.S. media outlets, compromise is the word used, uh, by China, uh, by the influence of the communist Chinese regime. I want to say it differently. Uh, at this point, 25 years into what can only be described as a a cold war with China. It's not that cold considering what they're doing with fentanyl and other things to us, but here we are. Um, Tell me how the communist regime is not in everything. We know they're in the universities. Your piece talks about how they're in the media, but they're in everything, right? They're they're in real estate, they're in business, they're in everything. And why wouldn't they be? Yes, they are. And, and I've been following this trend my entire career as a journalist. Since I graduated from the University of Florida probably 10 years ago, I've been sounding the alarm about this. Uh, I've written articles in, in the New American going all the way back to 2010 on the Chinese espionage. I did a major investigative piece for the Diplomat magazine about the communist Chinese infiltration of everything, of media, of government, of military, of universities, of, of every sector you can imagine. Our, our companies, our most sensitive defense contracts, all of them are filled with communist Chinese operatives. Same is true with the United Nations. Out of 15 specialized UN agencies, four of them are run by actual open members of the communist Chinese party. They're Chinese nationals. Several more are run by uh, people who have openly expressed their sympathy for the communist party of China. So this is a problem of immense proportions. It is basically suicidal policies of the United States government and I would say subversive elements of the U.S. establishment that have made this possible. But I encourage everybody to go read that article in the New American about the infiltration of the media. And then you will understand why the fake media has bent over backwards to cover up Biden's relationships with China uh, as the big guy, Hunter Biden's relationships with communist China, Kamala Harris's relationships, and especially her husband's relationships with the communist China. This is a crisis. This is a national security crisis of enormous proportions. And the media is not talking about it because the media is owned by the Communist Party of China. With your, uh, we're talking with Alex Newman, with your, uh, uh, um, um, you know, kind of knowledge of history, the Soviet communists, how it played out, what's the best way this plays out? Right. I mean, what's the best path forward in terms of trying to get control of it? Is it do we need to expose? I don't we need to expose it anymore. It's pretty exposed, but that doesn't mean we're doing anything about it. No, we absolutely need to take this seriously. I would argue that this is even more significant than the Soviet threat. And to people who live during the Soviet threat, uh, that sounds kind of crazy until you realize the Communist Party of China is actually significantly more wealthy and significantly more powerful than the Communist Party of the Soviet Union ever was. They've got huge numbers of nuclear missiles. They've got massive amounts of money. With the help of subversives in the United States, they've now sucked much of our productive capacity out of the United States and put it in China. They've stolen all our trade secrets, costing us hundreds of billions of dollars every year. Uh, They have us in a position where they can absolutely clobber us. We can't even keep our Air Force jets, a lot of them in the sky, without parts coming from communist China. So this is a crisis of enormous proportions. And I would say the first uh, thing that needs to happen to deal with this is to admit that we have a problem. 
You can't cure or treat the disease until you diagnose that disease. We need to be clear the diagnosis is this is a mass murdering group of gangsters. They have declared people's war on the United States. Their plan is to dominate the entire world with, of course, the help from their allies in the Western world. The people at the Council on Foreign Relations, many of them have helped this rise of communist China going back 50, 60 years. In fact, it was members of the CFR who helped sell China into communism to begin with. People like George Marshall, who put an arms embargo on our ally, Chiang Kai-shek, who helped us defeat the Japanese in World War II, so that Mao could come in, swoop in, and take over power. This is a crisis. It's not a new crisis, but we're now entering the final phases where if we don't get serious about taking this on, we may very well lose our freedoms and our republic. Hmm. All right, I got to leave it there. Alex Newman, LibertySentinel.org. You can check it out there. Also, his books, his many books over at the New American as well as the Epic Times. Thank you, Alex. I got to run. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I just was looking, Tammy. I think I'm right. It's a, we're talking with Tammy Nichols. I think we were on together last time you were on the program. Tammy Nichols, of course, is uh, a legislator in Idaho in the uh, General Assembly there. Were we on on Election Day? Is that when it was just a few months ago? November 3rd yeah, or was it the day before? It was, yeah. Was it, the- little, it was just like a couple of days before. It, it, it all flies, uh, though. So. Yeah, so amazing. Um, anyway, okay, well, but the legislative session opened in Idaho uh, this week, and I got an email, an email from Tammy Nichols, and District 11 is who she represents. Nichols, Nichols for Idaho.com, I think is the website, but it's a survey, a legislative survey, one of these short surveys asking people, I'm sure, more of her constituents than me, but uh, what, they, what they think is important. So, first of all, welcome, Tammy. Tammy uh, Nichols, and what's the number one issue you see in your legislative session this year? You know, the number one, and I can I can vouch uh, on the behalf of the majority of our the Idahoans here, is that we need to be able to rein in our governor and take back our legislative mm. ability that over time has mm. been uh, sent over to the to the executive branch, and that's not how this is supposed to work. The legislature is the number one branch of the of the branches of government. It is the most important branch, actually. And uh, and over time in Idaho, unfortunately, there has been uh, laws and rules and codes that has been brought in that has slowly circumvented um, around the legislature and given that control over to the executive branch. So we are working pretty diligently on on something to be able to rein that back in. Uh, we're talking with Tammy Nichols, uh, who's a state legislator in Idaho. Um, and that's interesting because it's not that's that's you're the same party as the governor. You know, in other words, it's not necessarily uh, these kind of battles at the state level. And you see some of them on the issues of uh, of the lockdowns and the and the crackdowns. It's it's interparty and all. Um, what about what you've told me? You've, you've told me in the past that Idaho, which is blessed with such a beautiful landscape and weather and all this stuff, you're being you're being invaded by a lot of people from California. Is it starting to change the politics? You know, what, what we have is we kind of have a mix. So we have, we're, we're one of the fastest growing states in the nation. We have a lot of people coming here and rightfully so because we do have a, a big quality of life here. We have good family values. We're, we're fairly conservative um, in most things. And so people are trying to get out of the states that they're in that are the opposite of those things and go to states where they can, can partake in those things. So Idaho is a great choice for many people. And so we do have a mix of people that are coming into our state from 
you know, California and from Washington and Oregon and uh, Colorado and different locations. But we also have people that have been here for many years or they're, they're multi-generational and they're just as guilty in some regard um, in allowing some of the things to transpire. Um, Boise, our city has primarily gone uh, blue and uh, they have a mayor uh, right now that is very um, liberal, I would even say communist in many ways. And so there is this, this change that's you know, taking place and we, we see it happening and people that have come from outside of our state who have fled states uh, where they've gone through this are trying to warn us here, do not let this happen, do not go down this road. We know where it, where it ends and it's not a, it's not a pleasant thing. So, um, so yeah, so we have kind of this mix of people coming in, uh, they're, they're either, you know, trying to escape or they're escaping, but they're bringing their ideologies with them or they're people that have lived here for, for many years or, or they come from families that have been here a long time and they're, they're all kind of to blame on it, unfortunately. We're talking with uh, Tammy Nichols, and uh, she represents uh, Idaho's 11th district in the Idaho General Assembly. And um, Tammy, I know you were rooting for President Trump to get reelected, and here we are uh, a week or so away from a new administration. Um, I, you have not served in office under a Democrat president. I think you obviously were active in, in raising your family and running your business and, and politics before under the Ob- in the Obama years. And uh, but, mm-hmm. what's your sense of how Idaho relates to the federal government when you get a governor a, a president who will be more uh, antagonistic to some of the fundamentals that you hold dear, the Second Amendment, uh, you know, freedom uh, right. in terms of uh, regula- regulatory f- uh, framework. What, and, and even maybe more, more importantly in this current moment is the crackdown on uh, COVID and all the rest. Uh, uh, Joe Biden has yeah. been pretty uh, amenable to uh, wanting more even national lockdown. So how do you think, what do you think is coming for you? Right. Well, you know, I, I still have have hope that, you know, things might, might change. We might have a Hail Mary in there somewhere still. Um, but <laughs> if, if worst case scenario that we don't, um, you know, in my mind and in many people that I've talked to, um, especially in our legislature, it's so important for states to fortify their states. They have to do the things that are necessary to make sure that their states they stay sovereign and that they fortify their states. So regardless of what D.C. does, you know, they're able to tell D.C. to go pound sand or to, you know, we're not participating in that or we're not we're not doing that. So states still have their sovereignty and states need to um, exercise that. It's like a muscle. If you don't use it, then you lose it. So states need to exercise their state sovereignty and they need to fortify regardless of, of what goes on in D.C. It is, um, yeah, I, the interesting uh, question will be whether people like you uh, in the legislature say, hey, you know what, um, we heard, by, and then, remember, this is one of the fruits of the last uh, six or eight weeks, a lot of Democrats saying, hey, 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 you know, the states decided mm-hmm. on the election, now, you can't go back and mess with them, and you can't, they, they've got their own sovereignty, and they've got that, and now, you know, suddenly, wait, we're going to see, here's one for you, though, I wonder what you think of this, it seems likely that uh, in the first month or two, there will be a major spending bill and the spending will be, bill will include massive payouts to California and bailouts to Illinois for their pensions, which they misinvested for their spending. So you got taxpayers in Idaho who are going to pay yeah. to bail out California. 
Right. Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. And, you know, and going back to, you know, if states violated their own constitution, then that is something that needs to be addressed, regardless of state sovereignty or what have you. If they they violated their constitutions that impacted the rest of the nation, and that needs to be addressed and taken care of. But, yeah, taxpayers in my state should not be responsible for the mismanagement in California of, of their money or the mismanagement in any other state. Um, you know, that that was their, their doing and they need to be responsible for that. So that's where, again, states need to fortify and they need to make sure that they're strong so that they can fight back against some of the stuff that might be coming down the pipeline. The um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be. Do you have an attorney general there in Idaho? Must have a Republican attorney general. Is uh, is he or she uh, any good? They, that might be a place that uh, that um, people. No, uh, no, we're not too fond of our attorney general. Actually, oh really? So, and, and that 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 you know that brings up a good point that it's so important to make sure that you have good elected people, even at the most local level, your school boards, your county commissioners, your city council. You need to have people that are constitutionally minded that they're going to uphold the Constitution, that they're going to protect the rights of the individual. Um, that needs to be done through the voting process, through elections, even at the most local level. It is so critical um, because the government that is closest to the people is at your local levels. And so you need to make sure that you have good people in those positions um, because of, of things that we're probably going to have to be dealing with in the future. It, uh, I think that's right. And I think uh, one thing, again, about this time uh, of challenge there's been is I think people are going to be looking for uh, what to do and how to do something and say, hey, you know what? Uh, for example, on the school board, yeah, I hear, we, I'm sure you hear the same thing from more more folks. They're like, how did these people decide to do this to mm-hmm. us? Because it's a school. Yeah. The school board tells you you got to go virtual and there's no choice. And right. they're dominated by the teachers right. union. Uh, does Idaho have a teachers union problem like the rest of the country? Yes, yes, we have, yeah, we have, you know, we have teachers unions here and, and the majority of them take their, their directions from the National Teachers Association. So we're dealing with very, very similar things that's happening, you know, all across the nation. We have, um, some school districts that are in school, some that are out, some are that are doing, you know, um, half this, half that, um, making changes all the time. And it's really starting to have a very negative effect on our kids and on their learning. And, um, you know, and even on our teachers, because no, there's no um, there's no continuity. Nothing is, is the same and it's changing all the time. And so we you know, and that's why we have the higher rates of depression and, and suicide and all that sort of stuff going on, especially in our youth. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's impacting everybody. And it's and we're not to the end yet. And that's the unfortunate part. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, well, it's always interesting, but it's going to be interesting in the next uh, few months and few years. <laughs> That's right. We, All right, Tammy we, Nichols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nichols for Idaho. Nichols for Idaho. N I C H. Nichols for Idaho. Check it out. Uh, good luck this session. We'll talk. I'm sure soon offline. Tammy, I got to run. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. What do the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, all State of the Union addresses, the naturalization oath of allegiance, and even road signs have in common? Each of these are reasons why English should be the official language of the United States of America. 
Most people probably think English is already our official language, but that is actually not the case. Right now, America has no official language unifying our people. As the liberal drumbeat of multiculturalism grows louder with each passing year, making English official should be an issue of great importance to all of us. Calling for English as our official national language is not a position of hate. On the contrary, we want to bring every American in on the full American experience, whether they're native or not. Why would we want to deprive anyone of the ability to read and understand our Constitution? All of our important founding documents are written in English. All of our laws are written in English. We owe it to every American to teach them how to communicate with their fellow countrymen. Opponents of codifying our preference for English like to defend their view with scare tactics. Making English our official language would not make it illegal for people to speak other languages in America. It would not make it illegal for public schools to have Spanish or French classes. Actually, codifying English would be a tremendous benefit for students. Right now, some left-leaning school districts actually have separate classes for foreign students to learn subjects like math, science, and history in languages other than English. This effectively makes it possible for those students to graduate without having a working knowledge of English. Instead, we need to teach those students how to learn alongside their English-speaking peers in regular classes. Without a doubt, knowing multiple languages can be a great benefit to anyone. However, when we let our American students slip by without learning English, we sabotage their futures and hold them back from the full American experience. In a nation of differing backgrounds, skin colors, and lineages, we should be able to come together with a common language. American English should be embraced as the official language of the United States of America. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. And today I am going to go back to my roots, back to my roots. And that is to uh, tell you what you need to do. Okay, we open every program and uh, every day I do a couple of periscopes or live videos and I call them what you need to know, what you need to know, the daily wink. And you get the email, the wink with W-Y-N-K, what you need to know. I dropped the two out, what you need to know. Well, we ha- months ago I did the window, what you need to do, what you need to do, what you need to do. Well, I'm going to go back to that. Every day I'm going to give you something to do. Sometimes it's going to be as simple as uh, reading a- an article. Sometimes it's going to be uh, more complicated. Whatever it will be, I'm just going to give you something I think would be good to do and try to do every day. Sometimes for me it helps when someone else says to me, hey, do this, try this makes a difference. So today, before time passes too far, I want to encourage you 
to go back and read the two extraordinary documents that are called the so the, their so-called Peter Navarro reports. He did two reports, one in December and one in January of this uh, December of 2020 and early January 2021 on the irregularities in the election. And the reason I want you to look at those documents, they're a little bit long, by the way, they're about 30 pages, but they have a lot of graphs and things, is I want you to be familiar with what they're telling us we're supposed to never ever, ever, ever talk about. They're suppo- we're supposed to talk about the fact that um, everything was, it was the greatest, most fair, and unbelievably well-run election ever. That's what we're supposed to be told. In the era of COVID, in the era of uh, crazy changes, in the era of social media, in the era of fake news, in the era of fake polls, somehow the elections were perfect. Well, just read those two reports. Peter Navarro did two reports. They're extraordinary. And they describe not, it's not um, evidence in a court of law. Excuse me. It's not proof in a court of law, but it's evidence. It's evidence of what went on and of major questions. There can be no doubt about that. And so I want you to do that. I want you to do that carefully because time is going to move by. People are going to move on and you're going to say, well, what happened? What happened back there? This will fortify you. This is probably the best. Back when we had the laundry list, I was telling you, get your own laundry list. You know, make sure you get a laundry list uh, for what's gone on, you know, what the fraud was and all. And now my point here is to keep your mind fresh and refreshed because if you think the fake news is bad, if you think big tech, you know, fake news on big tech is bad, you have to pause and ask yourself, what exactly is history? There's a lot of fake history out there. Now, I don't want to shake you to your uh, roots here that you doubt everything, but I do want to point out, and what you need to do is read the documents from the time uh, and, and from the people, right? Primary source documents, they call it. Not the spin, not, you know, right now there's, and I talked about it earlier in the program, they're going to impeach the president for uh, incitement to insurrection. Nobody I know thinks that there was a crime by the president of the United States given a speech. Plenty of people and think and, and think that the uh, that there is, you know, everybody who was involved in that knows some things went wrong. Bad guys infiltrated, did bad things. Some people got carried away, did bad things. It's tragic stuff. But nobody thinks that it, but you're being told that Donald Trump's being uh, impeached for crimes, crimes. And because the fake news won't tell you any differently, they think that you won't know any differently. And frankly, some of you won't. Some of us won't. Unless we push ourselves to look at primary source documents from the time that give us the context. And so this is an example. The two Navarro reports are very valuable. I've got them on my desk here. They they walk you through each of the key states, each of the irregular, lots of the irregularities. One of the good things it does is it doesn't say that all of the conduct was illegal and fraud. It talks a lot more than you've heard so far about how the system was gamed by a bunch of lawyers, by how the system was manipulated by a bunch of high-paid Democrat lawyers who had a plan. And they used the plan, and frankly, you know, it was, this is one of the great uh, plans. I think they say they didn't do anything. They say there's nothing to see here. 
But still, the plan was executed. And one of the things that history will look back on and look closely at is where was the uh, opposition to this plan? It wasn't like they were hiding. They were hiding in in plain view, the Democrats' plan. And then, they, by the way, then they used the systems in lots of ways to, to, to also be more corrupt. But here's what I want to tell you. Read the primary source. Read the Navarro reports. Print them out. Print them out. Put them in your files. Keep them on your, you know, in your, in, and, and remember when you're told, ah, there was nothing, no problem. Just go back to that. Go back to that and take a look. And you'll get a sense. All right. I think, you know, one of the things we've got to be aware of now is that we're dealing with fake news. We're dealing with fake polls. We're dealing with fake candidates, fake campaigns. We're dealing with uh, fake tech, big tech. It's not the best term. It's not fake. It's big tech spinning, big tech uh, uh, telling us what we can believe. There's no reason to ever doubt that there is also fake history. And we've got to be able, hey, this is one of the reasons I had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a great devout uh, man of the word, a Christian. And he said, that's one of the reasons why, you, you know, don't trust the history, trust the word if you're a believer. It's one of the great insights. It was wonderful. He said, scripture, the Bible, the word of God, unmutable, unchangeable, undoubtable. Whereas name a historian, there's a lot of spinners, a lot of fake history. And we're going to see more of it. Those of you that lived through this uh, Trump era, we're going to see the rewrite is in full effect. Anyway, there you go. Uh, what you need to do is read those two Navarro reports because primary sources are better than fake history. And uh, please do that. All right. Thank you, as always, to our great technical director, Noah, for keeping everything. He keeps everything. He's really a producer, technical director. He does everything. And thank you for that. Thank you to uh, Joanna for helping book our guests. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego.